and welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. And Stevie D, this is the NFL Draft Edition, the 2019 Draft Edition. And, you know, I, I don't know how I feel this year because I don't need a quarterback. And so every year the question was, what quarterback are my bills going to take? This year, I don't have one. So I don't know. Maybe it's the best player on the board that we're looking at. But uh, it's exciting to see all the different teams in the way that, you know, they're, they're talking about what player they want to get, whether it's going to be Kyler Murray, whether it's going to be Nick Bosa, what the Jets are going to do. Stevie D, it's time. Uh, I'm excited. I just, I just hope that the Jets don't pick a tight end at the third overall pick. The New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. Well, Stevie D, you know we're going to be hearing that a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I, I felt like I got set up on that one. <laughs> what did they? What did they say? That that was just a fastball groove right down the middle. <laughs> yeah, 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 and you hit it out. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's draft time. You know what's so exciting about it being draft time is that we get closer and closer and closer to opening day. Right, we're going to have that opening kickoff, but. You know, first we got to start filling in some of those pieces on the roster, and it all starts with the draft. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, and we're excited to have a one of our own kind of draft insiders uh, with us uh, today. All right, guys, Sean Barber here, former NFL player, draft guru, uh, uh, draft aficionado, <laughs> wine enthusiast, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, bringing you the real scoop on the Jets, the Bills, and my Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Sean, well, welcome to the show. I, I I love all of the nicknames and monikers that you have bestowed upon yourself. Yeah, if you, if you don't think you can do it, nobody can. So I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm really uh, I have a lot of faith in myself, whether other people do or not. Um, and I and I wear it on my sleeve. So. Well, awesome. this is awesome, Sean. I'm glad you were able to make it back on. We had a great time when you were on uh, one of our earlier podcasts. And I know we had talked about back then about getting you back on for the draft. And so just in time, we're here to just listen to the, the knowledge that you're going to be able to uh, share with us about the draft. I know we were talking a little bit beforehand, so we have some differing of opinions if you will but this is going to be fun to kind of talk about it talk about these guys and where they're going to land yeah yes. let me know what you want to talk first man big board team need whatever it is man you want it i got it well yeah let's let's kick it off stevie d with sean right. and uh you know let, let's just get started into the big board right when when you look at all the different names when they had the combine what was just the crazy thing coming out of the combine were these defensive edge rushers that were running these four fives and sub four fours i was like what in the world's going on 280 pounds running four four yeah sure C- kind of give us some insight of that when when you played it and now you see these big guys at that size running that speed i know it's not like you played that long ago but w- is that like something that's just really off the charts that just kind of stands out those big guys with that speed well, I'm officially 21 years removed from the NFL draft when I attended it in 1998 um, in Indianapolis as a linebacker at the University of Richmond. I was slightly undersized. I think I weighed in at 227. Um, so that was about five pounds light for an outside linebacker. 
I think I ran the third fastest time for a backer at that time was uh, 4.54. And that was electronic time. So the hand time, I think, was a 4.48. So they always added like six six hundreds to it um, to compensate for the hand versus electric. So the sea guys now at almost 300 pounds running sub five. Uh, And the the sea guys, 270, 280 pounds running uh, four fives and four fours. I mean, it's just like we talk about the Tyreek Hills and uh, Isabella's and the guys coming, these these, uh, burners, uh, the Archery Archer. And over the last few years, a lot of guys have been hitting this four three mark more so now than ever. And uh, I think it's just a a testament of how the the league is is, – putting guys in position on offense to make plays, to be a scoring league, going downfield, taking advantage of the speed. And then on defense, you have to match that. If they're going to spread you out and go sideline to sideline and throw the ball over the field, then you have to have enough speed to stay with these burners. And you see that accordingly, the defensive backs, uh, you find more DBs now running uh, sub 4-4. You see more uh, safeties running 4-5. And obviously you have outside linebackers now uh, who are running some sick times themselves. So, uh, you know, defensively, we got to match what the offense does. They want to go power, we got to bulk up and get big. If they want to go speed, they want to bring out the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris, we got to be able to bring out our Maybox and go uh, toe-to-toe with them <laughs> zero to 60. Well, one of the guys that just stood out was uh, Montez Sweat uh, at the combine. I mean, he was just flying up and down the field. I mean, it's just amazing a guy that big to be able to put, you know, just put on the afterburners. Yeah. A guy like sweat, man. Um, it, it's just like you're saying, it, it's so many guys running six speed. It doesn't even make the guys running fast stand out anymore. Um, it used to be a, a, you know, a time where, you know, four or five guys in, in the entire draft run sub four, four, but now it's so many guys. And it's, it's such uh, marquee positions, edge rusher and cover corners that are running six times. Um, it's, it's almost like uh, it loses a little bit of its luster. It's not even a wild moment anymore. So now they're finding different ways to uh, separate the elite. Sure, sure. So when uh, continuing along the line of the edge rusher defensive end, obviously it, you're looking at uh, Nick Bosa and Josh Allen uh, as the t- top two names that are standing out. Uh, what are your thoughts about those two guys? I mean, Bosa, to me, is like he's a safe pick. So if you're a team, you're going to go by the board. Everybody has him as one of the top talents. I mean, I I just kind of feel like if you just basically go off of the film, he's a guy who has a high motor, um, very very, uh, very high ceiling, very low floor. You know what you're going to get. He's going to bring his lunch pail, um, relentless after the quarterback. But if you're talking about somebody who eventually could be the next Von Miller, the next Mack, Bosa ain't it. Bosa's a safe play. He's going to be a solid guy. But if, you, if you're actually going to pick a guy, I think, uh, with one of those top picks to be uh, the, the, the next great rush in, it's got to be the guy from Kentucky. It's got to be Josh Allen. Yeah, I, more. I, I like him. I, I like what he did, um, especially coming out the SEC. The one thing that concerns me about Bosa is coming off the injury. Yes, yes. You got to be – I mean, everything should – play a part and make it when you're talking about one of the first overall picks I mean I don't I don't know how you can be a top five pick coming off of 
any type of significant injury, missing time. Um, and that's kind of, you know, we, we haven't talked about quarterbacks yet, but the way I'm a little bit shy showing a couple of our quarterbacks, because they've only started one year. You have one year of film, and you're about to put a whole franchise in the hands of somebody who's only started at the college level for one year. We talk about Haskins. We talk about Murray. I mean, that's to me, we're talking high stakes, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking high risk with high stakes. I'm, I want something solid. I want a guy who measures well, runs well, good film, great attitude, a great football player. Uh, if we go back to last year's draft, the guy I had rated over one was Saquon Barkley. I think that that young man had it all. He had the, the pedigree. He had the numbers, the wow factor. He loves football. You could see in the weight room, all his stuff exploded. He never got injured. So to me, that was the clear-cut uh, best player in the draft. But he didn't go number one because team needs sometimes uh, skips over and become more uh, valuable than the actual player and their, and their uh, ability. Wait a minute, Sean. You, you mean to tell me Josh Allen wasn't rated number one? Come on. He might not. I don't think he was in my top ten. With, with Sam, with Sam in your top ten. Let let let's redraft it. No, let's Sam, redraft that. I, I, I'm I don't like. I'm not. I'm not bullish on quarterbacks. That's my fault. I can I can live with the fact I'm a flawed draft uh, enthusiast because I, by nature as a linebacker, I really don't like quarterbacks. <laughs> so I I'm, I've, I can I can I can tip my head and say okay, uh, but because they have to be a part of this. I I do I am not fairly uh, I don't grade quarterbacks fairly. They're not great athletes, most most of them, unless you talk about Pat Mahomes and uh, the young man at Houston. Those are two really good athletes, but they're not athletic. They get the ball in their hand all the time. They get all the glory. It always sounds like we're talking the about the kicker. Now I'm talking about that QB, those prima donnas who who if you touch their head you get 15 yard penalty. Uh, well, I'm liking this. About Chris Jones. Let's not talk about Chris Jones in that playoff, that ghost call that cost us the playoffs in the Chiefs' kingdom against one Tom Brady when he slapped him on his shoulder pad, and they called that uh, roughing the quarterback. Come on, man. You got, <laughs> you got first... me excited over here. Me... <laughs> I don't know if I want to applaud or – Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on over here. Wow. <laughs> that, that, is, that is the statement of the night right there. I that love it. Start down one – you start down one rabbit hole, man. All kind of stuff comes out of Pandora's box. You gotta be very careful. When you open Pandora's box, you never know what's gonna fly out. Wow. <laughs> but okay, so I can appreciate that. <laughs> I think I think we will move on, Steve. <laughs> we know what. Oh, let me, but let me, let me, let me second that. Up. I mean, let me, let me support this statement. With I do think Donaldson and Allen are better than every quarterback in the draft this year. I do, th- I do think that. You mean Donald? Yes, Don, Sam Donald and yeah. Allen are both better than any quarterback coming out this year. So you're that that's a big statement. So you're saying that over the likes of a Kyle Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins? One year starter, one year starter. Yeah, I, I think there's not enough film for those guys to compare them to Josh Allen and Sam Donald in their career who are you know, played a few more years with their teams before coming out. So so I can agree with that, but flaws up and down for both quarterbacks. Now they both played well as rookies; they really did. I, right. You know, I and even though he's with the Jets, I I thought that 
Sam Darnold as a junior, well, in, in his junior year was better than as a senior. Uh, when he came to the Jets, it almost seemed like he was regressing a bit and then kind of like the light went on. And maybe that was just yeah. kind of that, rook, that rookie thing because once he got going, you know, he, he was definitely making plays before he was a, a turnover machine. And that was the knock on him. Yeah. 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 I, I think him getting hurt and sitting out and watching from the sideline and listening in the ear. Uh, Cause when he came back, he was a different quarterback. And uh, I don't know if many people noticed, but the last four weeks of the season, he was the highest rated passer in the NFL the last four weeks. So he showed signs of getting better when he got back from the injury and each week he was getting better and better. So from the Jets standpoint, you got to be happy with what you're going to see going forward uh, with that. Absolutely. With the way he ended the season. But, uh, you, you, you know, CBD, let, let, and let me ask Sean this. Sean, you know, one of the things that I have always said about the quarterback, it, it really goes for all players, but really the quarterback, you have to be lucky, right? It goes well beyond the skill that you bring to the table. Uh, you have to find yourself going to an organization that is going to support your skill set. And any type of change in that organization really could derail your career for a lifetime, right? Because uh, a lot of coaches try to put that square peg into a round hole. We can, we can, we can begin and end that conversation with one team. Let's talk about the Los Angeles now Rams. Let's talk about, the quarterback they had, they they thought was going to be the second coming. They draft him. He doesn't put together any. He has Gurley back in the backfield, but they can't win a ball game. And then all of a sudden the Rams get rid of their head coach and they hire a guy with an offensive acumen, an offensive IQ. Sean McVay comes to town. He he does he ignores the defense. He barely even knows who's on the field on the defense side. He let Wade Phillips take the defense, and all he does is nurture and support his quarterback. And now that quarterback is a top five guy in the league, yeah. putting up 35 points a game. And this was a quarterback that everybody said today that he's broken. He's broken. He's, he's broken goods. He can't figure it out at the level. But now we realize it wasn't him. It was, it was the actual coordinator. It was the, the head coach. It was the, the leadership around him that needed to get right. And once they got him some weapons, gave him some time, learned how to throw the ball down the field, do some play action. Um, all of a sudden, uh, he shows the same ability that he's had all his life. Um, he just had to get out of some of those bad, dark shadows. You know, it was a, it was a depression, depressive state, I guess, in St. Louis for a while until Sean McVay came to town. And, you know, I, I think a name that is infamous for being the, one of the biggest draft busts, but I think – if he were afforded that same situation, I'm talking about Jamarcus Russell, you know, he didn't have the coaching that was really trying to pull the best out of him. And, you know, we saw where he ended up, you know, after a few years in the league, but when Jamarcus was at LSU, Jam Jamarcus could make every pass on the tree and he had the size yep. above average size, had the speed. I mean, it, he was almost perfect, but, they didn't he, – he was just – to me, he was unlucky in the situation that he was put in. you got to be careful at certain positions, drafting based upon winning, draft based because the guy you know has a winning record. He's part of a winning team. 
you talk about Alabama's quarterback, you talk about Clemson's quarterback, um, uh, USC's quarterbacks from back in the day. Um, these quarterbacks that come from these winning traditions where uh, nine out of ten times their offense is stacked with better athletes. They yes. have the best athletes on the field at the wide receiver position. They have the best wide receiver, I mean, uh, receiving tight ends. Their offensive line dominates, dwarfs the defensive line against the teams they're playing with. And they put up these uh, almost like uh, Madden numbers uh, consistently week in and week out on the college level. And then when they actually have to throw into close windows, when they have to throw into man coverage, when somebody's actually within two or three yards of a receiver, um, sometimes those those balls end up uh, just a little bit short. It ends up a little bit behind the receiver. And in the NFL, instead of those being just incomplete, they end up being pick sixes. They end up being uh, uh, interceptions, incompletes. And so you got to be very, very uh, tuned in to what is an accurate on-time delivery. What is a a, a true uh, on-the-money deep ball pass when you're talking about a college player when those receivers are five, beating their DBs by five yards? Anybody should be able to hit a receiver when he's five yards open. But when that defender is all over him and you still got to make that throw, uh, that's when you, you know, when they talk about when you, you know, the, the difference between the, the cream rising to the top is those uh, elite level quarterbacks, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Breeses, uh, the Tom Brady's. Uh, now we're seeing the uh, Patty Cake Make a Shake Malone's uh, uh, here, Mahomes from Kansas City. Uh, those guys just they, they they do it on a slightly different level, and they do it so consistently. It's so tough to defend. Sure, sure, a lot of great points there. So now the quarterback has to throw to somebody, and in this year's draft, the name that that stood out and it really came from his workout tweet picture was DK Metcalf, and I boy, I'm telling you, I'm in love with this kid. If he could come to my Bills, uh, but. <laughs> He just seems to bring everything, right? They say he's raw, but that's okay. He's got the speed, he's got the hands, and he's got the size. What are your thoughts on DK Metcalf? Well, where, where did the Bills pick in the first round? What's their What's their pick in the first round? Number, number nine. nine. Number, number nine. Number uh, that that'll be slightly higher. Uh, I got DK Metcalf as a 17 overall player in my big board. Um, so if the Bills had a chance to, to, to maybe trade down to 15 or 16. That, that's, sure my that's my trade. That's my trade. I would see them doing that. I mean, I think he's definitely the best. Uh, well, he, he appears to be the most physical, physically gifted receiver since Terrell Owens has come out. Um, uh, but DK Metcalf comes from a program that just, they didn't distribute the ball a lot. So his numbers don't back up, you know, his, his statistically – his numbers, touchdowns, yards, and all that doesn't really equate to what you would consider being a top 20 receiver uh, coming out in the draft. But physically, when you talk about hands and catch radius and wingspan and his, you know, like this, just physicality as far as getting off the jam, um, it, it, it's really tough to let him go too far um, if you uh, have a need at that position. And according to my needs, chart i got needs wants i got additional needs uh from the bills i got the bills needing a wide out uh, though you got john brown and cole beasley you don't have anybody on your team um that's a true 
uh, that, that number one receiver that you can just throw the ball up to, um, like a Josh Gordon, like a uh, Terrell Owens or Randy Moss or Megatron or I'm trying to think of somebody from the Jets, but I, I can't come with anybody to play <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson. My man Keyshawn. Wow. Finally, we get a little love. Straight fire. <laughs> I forgot he played for the Jets. I think of him as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I forgot he played for the Jets for a yeah, while. The Jets made his career, and then we went to Tampa oh, and did nothing oh, for John Gruden. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know what? That sounds like Tony Gonzalez talking about the Atlanta Falcons made his career. We, we, we you know, <laughs> what you mean, Keyshawn? The Jets made it? Yeah. The Jets, the Jets made his career. Bill Parcells, Parcells made him fuck? into the receiver he was. Gave him, you know, talked to him, nurtured him, gave him the advice. You know, Parcells always spoke very highly of Keyshawn Johnson. Always very highly. He's one of Parcells' guys. He Absolutely. He played, he played well for the Jets. He did. He played he well did. for the he Jets. He did. Just throw me the damn ball. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you get if you get DK Metcalf, you can definitely just throw him a damn ball if you Josh Allen at the Bills. Well, I can tell you I don't want to fight him. I can tell you that. Oh, no. I mean, just, <laughs> just ridiculous the, the way he looked. But, you know, there's there's some other wide receivers out there. Uh, what's it, uh, Marquise Marquee Brown, Ho- Hollywood Brown over at Oklahoma? He, he he's a burner, a uh, little small though for me. Yeah, but you know, how about AJ Brown out of Ole Miss? Because he was he was uh, teammates with DK Metcalf. He was, and he, he he was actually the number one receiver for them for a while. Uh, and and that's probably Sean to your point. The limited number of catches that you would see. For DK, that's because, you know, it's being spread out between the two. Yeah, after watching film, like you're saying, if you're not in a, 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 a heavy volume offense and you got two really good receivers, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to justify um, who you're going to end up throwing the ball to except for, at the end of the day, who ends up creating more separation. And sure. I think that was the one thing, the concern about Metcalf, uh, because you had A.J. Brown out there, A.J. was doing some, I mean, he was running some wicked routes and he always created separation. And I think uh, a kid like Metcalf is like, it doesn't matter how close this guy to me. I'm going to big boy him. Just throw it up to me. I'm going to come down with it, which most of the times he did do that. But just from a quarterback standpoint, I think he would rather throw it to the guy who's wide open than throw it to the guy who's covered. So I think that was something he ran into a lot during the season. But I don't want to – I mean, I, I can't just give the top wide receiver trophy to Metcalf because I like a guy, Hakeem Butler. This guy from, I think he's from Iowa State. I watched some film on him. He is a big play receiver, great hands, possession, runs really good routes, can separate, got great. I mean, he to me, he's the most well-rounded receiver when you talk about first early on, uh, maybe the top half of the draft pick. So I actually have just a few spots behind uh, Metcalf just because I think Metcalf is such a physicalness his physical specimen is just going to wow so many teams. It's going to be hard to take uh, anybody other than him. But if I was just going over receiver skills, I would go with Hakeem Butler. It's a big boy, 6'5", 227. That is a big boy out there. I will tell you that. You got to like there, him. Yeah, is there any concerns about Metcalf's neck? Didn't he have a neck injury? Do you think that would hurt him? Maybe because he got too much muscles on that neck or something like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of. I mean, I'm serious. You know, you get too much money. That that, that uh, David Boston syndrome. Yeah, oh yeah, we talked Kyle, about that, right? Yeah. 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 You, you, you get guys that really love the weight room, and they they forget about flexibility. They forget about plyometric. They forget about um, all these other factors, explosion and all that kind of stuff. And they start getting into these bodybuilder type, you know, low body. I th- I think I heard someone he had like a what is it, two percent body fat or something? I mean, something ridiculous where. Yeah. I don't know if that's healthy. I really don't know if it's healthy for anything to be under 4%. Um, you know, you're going to deal with cramping during training camp. You're going to deal with all these. And if, you say, if he already has a neck injury going into it, like, again, it, it's – I don't know how you draft anybody with your first pick. I don't care if it's a 30-second pick. If I'm a team and I get a fifth-year option on the guy, he's a first-round pick, I, it's hard for me to go into – a uh, draft meeting room and talk to my owner and tell us we got the best player we could, though he's coming back from injury right now. Like, nah, man. Like, I need somebody that's ready to sign that line, get that signing bonus, hit the practice field, and get get on the field. I agree with you. It, that That's what scares me with Bosa, the same thing. Uh, you know, it, and it's it's a shame for some of these guys, right? You, you work so hard, and then all of a sudden you come up with that injury in – where you could be a top 10, all of a sudden you start sliding, and you're wondering why you're sliding, and it, it could be just that. Hey, Sean, there, excuse me, there, there's somebody I want to ask you about, if you guys have done any research on this guy, Anthony Johnson, wide receiver out of University of Buffalo. Uh, actually, I haven't. Okay. But I can, <laughs> uh, now, I, I did hear about it, so I do a little sleeper chart, so I did see his name creep up on a lot of sleeper charts, Right. Um, and obviously going to Buffalo, you kind of just kind of, uh, you know, some kids are late bloomers. Some kids come out of high school, they're three-star athletes. They get to college, they have a growth spurt. They end up wowing everybody, do all these great things. But because they are uh, committed to a school that's not a power five conference, aren't coming, you know, they're not getting a lot of attention. Uh, but, I mean, we see a lot of, right, uh, the uh, Antonio Browns of the world. The Terrell Owens of the world. I mean, it's a lot of small. The Jerry Rice's of the world. The greatest receiver of all time ever coming from a small school. So I don't think if there's any position that you should not, you know, kind of shy off a guy because of the school, it's wide receiver. If the guy has uh, sicko mode hands and he runs nasty routes and he has, uh, 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 o, o, you know, ODB uh, type. Uh, uh, hands to, to be able, you know, these 10 inch hands um, like Beckham has and can make all the catches. At the end of the day, why do you even care who's the guy land, lining up against him? He's making everybody look bad. And so this kid from Butler, I mean, I, I, I've heard him sneak up the ball as a as a sleeper, a guy who can um, uh, hold his own against the best. Um, I just haven't been able to see no film on him. Yeah, I, I can tell you that definitely, you know, he took all the Mac. They play out of the Mac, and to your point, not in the Power Five, uh, but he played out of the Mac, took all the awards out of the Mac, had a lot of uh, preseason, if you will, rumors that he was going to be one of those top wide receivers. Took all the double coverage, did everything he could do. Plus, uh, I think he helped improve the draft stock of Tyree Jackson, uh, the quarterback coming out of the University of Buffalo as well. Uh, Tyree is somebody that they're comparing to Josh Allen that the Buffalo Bills took with his size, speed, and arm strength. Uh, I just in lack of consistency as well. Uh, 
I just don't see Tyree um, making as big of a name as Anthony Johnson. Oh, definitely, definitely. No, I think the receiver uh, coming out of there is going to definitely uh, be a higher draft pick than the quarterback, like you said. Uh, the one thing that I would always say, if, if you're not a 70, 70% completion, if you're not up like near 70% at college, the windows get smaller, the, the pressure is heavier, uh, you get more pressure, you get more uh, junk defenses, Deep, the, uh, the defensive schemes get more complex. So if, if you're hanging around 55 uh, at the college level, you're going to all of a sudden uh, be a guy who can complete the ball 60, 70, you know, 60% of the time. It's, I would be concerned with a guy who, who just, um, when, you, when you talk about a little bit of inaccuracies or not consistent, uh, those type of things, they, they uh, you know, they, they make you, you, you pay for it. And when defenses make you pay for it, it's not just interception sometimes. Sometimes bodily harm. Sometimes quarterbacks <laughs> pay for it in the most painful ways impossible just by no, not knowing where the defensive pressure is coming from, not knowing it's a free hitter coming off the edge because we did an overload blitz. We made it look like it was coming from the weak side, and then we bring uh, three extra from the strong, and you're just not used to that at the college level. Uh, those hits hurt. Right. Right. No doubt. Rob Johnson knows all about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rob Johnson. Good old uh, Rob Johnson. <laughs> good old Rob Johnson. Nobody circles the wagons like Rob Johnson. Oh, don't don't even equate him to that. <laughs> can I tell you that my mom cannot stand him? <laughs> I don't think anybody can stand Rob Johnson. I mean, I mean, it, just think about what he did to Doug Flutie. Right. Right. right? Little old Doug Flutie finally gets his shot in the NFL. That, that he does actually, amazing that, things in Buffalo. That was Wade but, Phillips that did that to Flutie, though. Was that Wade Phillips or was that your owner? That, that was, well, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I, Wade Phillips did not sell that to me in the press conference. I have to be honest with you. We're going to start uh, Rob Johnson in the playoff game. He just didn't look real convincing. Actually, I blame Scott Mitchell. Wow. Scott yes. Mitchell? Yes. <laughs> I'm blaming Scott Mitchell because Scott Mitchell goes out there, has one game, and then every team in the world wants to, to sign Scott Mitchell, and that became the thing. And then Rob Johnson, filled in for Brunel, had one game, and Buffalo trades our pick, number nine, by the way, trades our number nine pick to Jacksonville for Rob Johnson. You see how it goes you know, full circle? Yeah, and, just out of curiosity, do you remember who the Jaguars picked at number nine? I do. I do. It, it was a young running back out of the University of Florida by the name of Fred Taylor. Well, he was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was you, you, you know, I had to set you up for that one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, payback. What that did, though, that allowed us to then later on draft Willis McGahee. <laughs> you're yeah, digging you, your own grave. Well, you, you, if you just see the disgust on my face, so you know, there, there's Willis McGahee acting like he's on a call with another team. And what does Buffalo do? Oh, we got to draft him right here. He's going to go. <laughs> you know, I'm these, these the are draft. Th this is draft nightmare, right? It goes along with other. <laughs> the New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. Wow. 
Yeah, it, it goes along with other nightmares. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny about that one is is Mel Kiper. I mean, if you re- if 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 folks remember that draft. So I'm going to set this up real quick. I was at spring break at Daytona Beach. Yeah. So instead of hanging on on the beach with half naked ladies and having fun on the beach. Me and and the and the all my jet friends there that, that travel with me, we stay in the hotel room and we're watching that draft. And we're just like that clip. We're just saying warrants, we're just chanting warrants app over and over again. And then when, when the announcement came that they took Kyle Brady, we all looked at each other like, Who the hell's Kyle Brady? And then Mel Kuyper, when you're watching it on, on ESPN, Mel Kuyper's going through his thing. Well, we weren't expecting this, and, and he's shuffling through this paperwork to try and figure out what Kyle Brady's all about. It, it was a train wreck. It was an absolute train wreck. So thanks for bringing up that pain yet again. Oh, we'll, we'll keep doing it. it. You have to enjoy the official word sports draft show. So, you know, we have to kind of go back in time and relive some of those painful moments so that we can appreciate the things that happened in 2018 and 2019. Uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great segue. So when you think of the draft, which team has the most pressure and which team most likely Besides the Jets, well, I don't think the Jets are going to screw this one up. But um, what team do you think will screw up their pick? And I'll, I'll start. No, let, let me go. Let me go first. Everybody wants to go. Let me go first. Let me go first. I know this answer. A guy who thinks that he's a guru at college scouting because he's coming from college scouting. He gets a general manager job. Oh, you took my team. You took my team. Mike Mayock, first time in the draft room. He'll probably make all kind of willy-dilly, silly, stupid trades for players that he has high on his board. He thinks that he's a diamond in the rough. You got three first-round picks, the 4th, the 24th, and the 27th. If you do anything besides just pick players, at those spots, let the draft fall to you. Pick the best available. You're the Raiders. You need just about everything. And build your team through the draft. Any movement by the Raiders will be a colossal failure. So I'm uh, the Raiders. You took my team. <laughs> I, I beat you to the punch. You did. I, I, I beat you to the punch. But, Steve, okay, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been waiting for, I've been waiting to say that since they hired them. <laughs> the Raiders hired him, and I thought it was an April Fool's joke or something. I thought it was just a, like, like are they like no, nah, like in the scouting world compared to the on-air scouting. When you're when you're on TV, when you're uh, uh, Todd McShay, Mel Kiper Jr., you can say anything, and nobody will hold you accountable. There's no, there, there is no, you just you just say who's on your big board, and then. Whether they go someplace, don't go someplace, all of a sudden you throw out these grades, B's, C's, A's. The next year at the draft, nobody even checks it up. They don't even care what you said a year ago because everybody's looking forward. Unless you're an Ursay. If you're if you're Jim Ursay, you go back at Mel Kuyper. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and where has that got Jim Ursay? Where has that got him? Challenging the godfather of drafts. but you know what stevie d to sean's point i absolutely agree he laid it out perfectly regarding mike mike mayock and rumor has it that gruden told him don't screw this one up obviously with all that draft capital that they have but i think the raiders have the most pressure not to screw it up 
I, I think it goes hand in hand. And Sean laid it out. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. So I was, I no, that was such a layup, and and it was great that it was slam dunked. That that I think we, I think Sean Bra- broke the backboard on that one. That that's how hard he slammed it down. So outside of the Raiders, do the Giants have a lot of pressure to replace uh, Eli Manning? Right? Are they are they like because? There's a lot of talk in New York. Eli, that the Giants are so loyal to Eli Manning that they're saying two more years with Eli Manning. I, I, he needed to go two years ago. No one hold him on for two more years, right? So, you know, is there any other team outside of the Raiders that you say uh, this is a, this is this is an important draft and uh, where they got to get it right? But mm, most likely they're they're going to do the wrong thing. So here, from what I from the Giants' perspective, if you think about it. Coming up, there's going to be a ton of relatively young free agent quarterbacks coming out, right? You got guys on expiring contracts or one-year contracts that are going to be coming out as free agents. The Giants can think about passing on a quarterback in this year's draft. To Sean's point, you know, a lot of these guys are going to need grooming. And if you're in getting into that mode of win now, do you want to – wait two to three years for a quarterback to develop, or do you want to go and get a free agent quarterback and then draft a quarterback that year or following year to kind of be the, the replacement? So your, your free agent quarterback is your stopgap. And, and that probably may be the path that they go, even though I have them taking a, a quarterback this year. Yeah. I love the fact that you brought up the Giants. And Mr. Gettleman. Oh, man, this guy has gone from getting rid of Josh Norman at the Panthers, one of the best cover corners ever, uh, because he didn't like the way that he was addressed or he didn't like the way that the franchise tag was – he declined it or he just said he he wanted to take a few days to look at it. He thought it was an insult, so he takes the tag back and trades them to the Washington Redskins. And then he gets to the Giants and trades away one of the top five wide receivers in the league, along with Olivia Vernon. What's his name? Olivia Vernon, whatever his name is. Yep, you got it. Um, So to to think that there's anybody with a microscope or a spotlight on him right now, and it's due to his his own fault, Gettleman now has the spotlight on him, and you know the, the the only thing that might save him with giving Eli Manning this money for no reason is a guy out in Seattle. Can you I imagine that. that deal doesn't get done and one Russell Wilson and Sierra <laughs> bring the, 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 the Russell Wilson Sierra uh, franchise to New York City for all the lights and the glamour, I think that they will turn the page on uh, on, on your man Manning faster than the uh, Falcons turn the page on Joe Flacco. Well, so so thank you for bringing up pain. Where I finally thought the Jets have turned the corner and kind of gotten the back page, and and if they get Russell Wilson, Jesus, the Jets get like the fourth page now in the back of the newspapers. I said the back page because Russell Wilson was still the highlight. I mean, because the guy is so special. There's right? a lot like, of traction on that. What Russell gave him till April yeah. 15th, tax midnight. day. Yeah, tax day to uh, 
get the extension from Seattle. I, that's a great point. Well, I and honestly, that that would be a heck of a trade for the New York Football Giants, and uh, I think Seattle, the fans would just be beside themselves out there. Um, well, they can blame I, Antonio Brown for this one. If if the deal doesn't get done, and they do end up trading him, they can blame Antonio Brown. So the Giants trade the sixth pick to Seattle, plus a whole bunch of other picks, to Seattle for Russell Wilson. So then, Sean, if that's the maybe. case, what is Seattle? Maybe, what, what, maybe, maybe if you're Seattle, you'll you'll take a depreciating value in Eli and the first round pick for a you know for for, for a guy who wants to get out of town. Go ahead and let him get out of town, and then with that fourth overall pick, you go ahead and draft who you think is going to be the uh, heir apparent to one. Um, uh, Manning. Or does a former USC guy go after a former UCLA guy? Oh, now we're getting deep in the woods now. Now yeah. we're getting deep. Pete Carroll going after Josh Rosen. Oh, now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Because the, the, the spend on a Josh Rosen is going to be cheap. I'm hearing his third round now. Like, yeah, Third right. round for a, a first, a top ten pick with just one year. He's got four more years of uh, cap friendliness to an organization. Uh, you let Russell play out this year. Let Josh learn. Uh, uh, let Rosen learn the offense for a year, and then you can go ahead and tell Russell thanks, but no thanks. We got. We'll just. We'll do. We'll save the. We'll save the thirty million and. Go with the young guy for a couple more years while we rebuild the defense. And hey, man, we got, we got, we we got, maybe we should be GMs. We seem to, <laughs> we think of more brighter ideas than the current NFL does. But here's the crazy thing, Sean. Last year, when the quarter, you had that quarterback class that was coming out last year, I thought that Josh Rosen was probably the most NFL ready of anybody coming out last year. Now he didn't play like it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, yeah. Looking back at the film, I would, I would say it was. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that between uh, him and, I, man, I think, I think him and Rosen, man, they, they were pretty close. I, I know I did not think it was. Um, um, that's when, my, that's when my wife calls and interrupts my show. <laughs> uh, hopefully, she won't be too upset that I declined her call, but. Um, yeah, I, I I think Rosen is the guy you would have to, um, you know, first of all start with as far as being what you would call ready to play. But, again, like you said, if you get drafted by the wrong team in the wrong situation, I don't think it matters who you – you remember Peyton Manning started off with freaking two wins or something, two or three wins his first year with the Colts. Right. Even the brightest quarterback of the world, if you, if you put on a team that has no weapons uh, – it's tough to win in this league. And we talked about that uh, on one of our earlier shows, Stevie D, yeah. that where I think Ted Marchabrota really brought out Peyton Manning. So so with, with the potential trade of, of Josh Rosen, maybe to Seattle, I mean, that's a, that would be a heck of a draft day. Wilson goes to the Giants. Eli, uh, uh, Eli uh, maybe he gets, I don't know, right? Because he's not going to go back. 
in this little scenario we're going to play out right here. Wilson, Wilson gets traded to the Giants. Rosen gets traded to the Seahawks. I mean, what a crazy draft day, right? With, with two two quarterbacks getting traded on draft day. I, I wonder what the – I don't know. I wonder, if, I wonder if that's ever happened before. No, but it, it would – what would just be the icing on the cake is the fact that you had a top 10 first round top 10 pick traded, you know, basically a year later. I, I don't think that's ever been done. I, how do you give up on that player? But, you know, to your point, I mean, you would see a whole lot of pieces moving on that chessboard uh, from all these different teams. And, and Sean, I, I know you and I kind of talked about Kyle Murray and Josh Rosen and Josh Rosen kind of hanging out um, in the OTAs and possibly not getting tra- traded. But I, I just I, I don't know about I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is just all in on this kid. And I think the Cardinals are so dysfunctional that they will draft Kyle Murray because that they're, they're that dysfunctional of, of an organization. I mean. First of all, getting rid of Steve Wilkes was a mistake. So, so they're going to pay for that mistake for years to come anyway. I agree. Uh, having a guy come in, a defensive – he's been one of the top defensive minds um, in the NFL for a number of years. Having that guy come in and letting him think that he had the, the time to actually turn over the roster um, and then really not giving him the time to turn over the roster, um, firing him after a year, I think that puts such a bad funk stigma on the organization and then you go get a coach that hasn't even won anything in college um and you reward a guy because he coached pat mahomes but didn't really win he coached baker mayfield and let him get out of uh lubbock i think it's called guns up wherever it is um and i i, I mean i just I, I didn't see the resume that would make you think this guy is not, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm using the word wrong with worthy or uh, have the experience or have uh, the moxie or have whatever it takes to be the next great uh, offensive mind in the league or the respect of grown men, which a head coach needs. Um, it doesn't really matter what you know. If the 53 guys don't really care what you know, it ain't going to work. And so I think that's where Arizona is going to struggle is going to be from a uh, – a commitment standpoint, um, from a respect standpoint, um, giving guys every 30 minutes, five minutes, go check their cell phones. I mean, I saw that. Come on, man. Like, like, I mean, he's setting himself up for all kind of shenanigans. I mean, well, you know, you you know, Sean, the the problem with Arizona starts at the top, right? It's the owner Bidwell. And then it goes straight down to the GM, Stephen Kim. I, that, that guy, he, he struck lightning in a bottle once, right? And he was able to make all the right moves and, and able to bring in free agents, and, and things worked out. But he got lucky. And now when it comes time for him to actually do his job, he's walking around with a God complex. And, you know, to your point, the firing of Steve Wilkes, that, that was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. The man was set up for failure to expect him to turn a team with a with their star running back coming off of a serious injury and expect everything to be okay. With a rookie quarterback, well, although he wasn't necessarily starting week one, and no offensive line. Right. Right. 
the offense, the offense definitely struggled. If you tell, if you, if, if I'm honest with the year I saw last year when Kansas City played, the team that played the Chiefs the hardest, the toughest from a defensive standpoint was the Arizona Cardinals. When they came into Kansas City, the Chiefs struggled. And when I talk about they struggled to get Pat Peterson had cheetah locked down for most of the day. If it wasn't for a few missed coverages by the middle linebacker on some cover twos when the Chiefs scored early to get up 21, um, but down in and down out, that team fought and battled like they were playing for a coach they really wanted to stay. Uh, there was no fear in their eyes. They came into Kansas City um, and, 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 and threw caution to the wind, and they brung it, and they got after Pat Mahomes. Um, that was one of the games where I was worried that he wasn't going to make it out without getting injured. Well, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, guys, you know what? Let, let's have some fun now. Let, let's, let's have some fun, and let's do our own mock draft, if you don't mind. guys so it's time for us to really put on our our gm hats become those draft prognosticators and let let's go through let's pick the top 15 sean since you are our guest we will have you go number one i will go number two steve so that you can have that third pick (laughs) all right all right right. Sean, sean are you ready with the first pick I am, I am. Unlike the real Arizona Cardinals, who will probably pick a quarterback overall in the first round for a second year uh, and trade away for a measly third-round pick, a a, a more-than-average, a, a, a young gun, I am actually going to go on the defensive side and take the most dominant guy on the defensive board from the University of Alabama, I'm taking Quentin Williams. Oh, there's a shocker there. Quentin Williams, defensive yeah. tackle. Didn't see Alabama. that one coming. No, not at all. All right. I am playing GM for the San Francisco 49ers, and I am going to go chalk. And I am going to take defensive end out of Ohio State, Nick Bosa. Good pick, good pick. That's a safe. That's a good pick. You just got D four the bookend. I like that pick. All right, Stevie D, with the right. New York Jets, and let me know when your pick is in. Tell me, tell me when you're walking the card up. <laughs> well, right. I'm fielding right. calls for some trades. Hold on, I'm fielding some calls for trades. I really don't like what I'm hearing, so I'm walking the card up. And with the third pick, the New York Jets select. Defensive end, outside linebacker from Kentucky, Josh Allen. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not it's not at Radio City Music Hall, so you won't get those boos yes. <laughs> anymore, right? Well, now Kyler Murray's slipping down the board. Slipping down the board. We go to pick number four. That would be the Raiders. Oh. The Raiders. Back on. Uh, my man, Mr. Mayock, instead of taking, <laughs> instead of taking a, 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 a good quality pick, my man, Mr. Mayock, who has been in love and love and love and love uh, 
he sees there is a hole at the defensive line position. And though people are calling to, to get quarterbacks and have him move down, he is so sure that everybody wants this guy. He is so sure that this guy is the next uh, Von Miller, the next Mac, since they let Mac after building. I have the card ready. I'm ready to walk it up. Out of the University of Houston, we're Ooh. going to defensive tackle Ed Ooh. Oliver. Wow. Ooh. Wow. There's a Ooh. mover and shaker for you. Ed Oliver, previously projected to go to the Buffalo Bills at nine, moves all the way up to number four. Ooh. All right. Paul Gunther, Paul Gunther stood up in the in the draft room and, and, and did a dance and took a, he said if he didn't get this guy, he was gonna quit on the spot. So for, for Paul Gunther in the defense, uh we gave him a guy who we think can replace and be the next uh, Mac. So coming up at number five is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I was talking to Jason Light earlier, and Jason Light told me that, you know, they're really trying to focus in on the defense. Bruce Arians certainly wants to reload on the offense, but Jason Light having that total control, why I don't know, uh, is now – faced with the fact that he could go anywhere on the board and he's running the card in. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select with the fifth pick, Devin White, linebacker, LSU. You like that pick. Love that pick. All right, Stevie D. The Giants are on the clock. Yes, hello. This is Gettleman. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that trade. Oh, if the wife wants to come? Sure. If the wife wants to come. Okay. Uh, but you know what? We're we're just we just don't have the cap space right now, so we're gonna have to decline the trade. So oh, hold on, I, I gotta run my card up up front. And with the sixth pick, the Giants take quarterback from Ohio State University, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, there's a shocker. Kyler Murray's still on the board, and Haskins goes. Wow. Okay, that, that brings up to number seven. It's DVD. You do eight. But yeah, number seven yeah, yeah. is the Jacksonville Jaguars. That would be me with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so many holes to fill. Um, I'm going to fill any calls. Would anybody like to uh, – trade up and I trade down for one of these quarterbacks. We got the Redskins on the line, Dolphins on the line, uh, anybody and going once, going twice. We get we get no sale. The quarterbacks are falling. Every all the all the owners are feeling like the quarterbacks are gonna be available late in the first round. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get themselves an edge rusher. We're going to go with one Montez Sweat out of the University of Mississippi State to be the next Jacksonville Jaguar. Wow. Liking it. All right. All right. Stevie D, number eight. All right. I'm walking up the car. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> Not good. Was ready. With the Detroit Lions, baby. <laughs> And with the eighth pick, 
the Detroit Lions select tight end from Iowa, TJ Hawkinson. Who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Who's your daddy? Little, little high, reminiscent of. Select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. Yes, you know very, I, very reminiscent. You know I had to pick a tight end in the draft. <laughs> Flashbacks. Flashbacks. So at number nine, while you guys were not fielding offers, my Buffalo Bills are going to trade back. We got an offer in from the Washington Redskins. The deal is the Redskins are trading their first and second round picks to move up from 15 to 9. The Bills will receive the the first and second round and with the first round pick for the Redskins at number 9. They select quarterback Kyler Murray, University of Oklahoma. Wow. I think that's a, that's a good pick for the Redskins. I think um uh, the Redskins general manager, their panel of general managers, whatever they use to be acting as a general manager, I think is now uh, Doug Williams. I think he can be a mentor uh, for, for Kyler Murray and actually do some really good things with that young man. All right. So number 10 is the Broncos. Broncos who don't need a quarterback because they decided to go after Joe Flacco. So, so you're saying you don't need a quarterback? <laughs> well, they don't believe they do. They said that Joe is just coming into his prime. So, <laughs> just like Case Keenum. Yeah. Am I allowed to pick for the Broncos? I really like. I, I, I kind of. No, I. I I'll make. I'll make a trade with you. I, I, I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll. I'll pick for the Broncos if you like. If that. If that. No, I. <laughs> Uh, no, I can't pick for the Broncos. Vince, that's got to be. I you, do Vince. like the Broncos. No, I, I like this pick. I think this pick is going to really come to, to come true. That's why I want to make it. Okay. All right. All right. I got the, the cards ready. I'm walking it up for the Denver Broncos. We got one of the greatest defensive minds, Big Fangio from the Bears. After his great run, one year run with the Bears, he comes to Denver. Even though we need interior offensive line. There's only tackles this highly rated, and we're not going to take a guard this high in the draft. So instead of a guard, we're going to go linebacker. There were two Devons, and we think we got the best one. Devin Bush from the University of Michigan. Nice pick. Nice pick. Actually, on our board, we had him going 11, so nice pick. Good value pick. Stevie D, you have the Bengals. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> a little tough here, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it is actually. Um, all right. So I, I will tell you the Bengals' needs are linebacker, tight yep. end, quarterback, tackle. Yep. No, I got it. I got it. The card is is being walked up. With the eleventh pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select. From the Florida State Seminoles, Brian Burns. Oh, oh, oh. Green Bay is pissed. (laughs) (laughs) They should have made that trade. They want to give me what I needed. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. 
All right, so Green Bay sitting at number 12. Oh, this this works out, too, because I don't want to have to do Miami. This, <laughs> this, really, <laughs> this really works out. Uh, I'm, let's see. So Green Bay's needs are tight end, safety, defensive line, and offensive line. And I think that Green Bay – is going to address the offense. And here they go, walking the card up. At number 12, the Green Bay Packers select Noah Font, tight end, Iowa. Wow. Ooh. Wow. All right. I'm ready with the Dolphins already. The Dolphins. We had two players ready, so we, we were going to pick whichever one you didn't. <laughs> All right, here come the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins have a new offensive coordinator, Mr. Chad O'Shea, uh, former Patriots. And you know how much time the Patriots coaching staff spend uh, down there with Coach uh, down in Alabama learning all the things, learning all the tricks and trades of the uh, great ball coach in Alabama. So it was only so many times we could see this offensive tackle sit there. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a need at edge rusher because we lost Cameron Wake. We lost Robert Quinn. But we also have a need at right tackle because we, we lost Jawan James. So with this pick, the Miami Dolphins selects Jonah Williams from the University of Alabama. Nice pick. And surprising, early on in the year, he was top five. He he was floating around in the top of the draft, and now he's gone to the mid mid round of the draft. But very nice pick, Stevie D. Two picks left. You have the Falcons, and then I have the Bills at fifteen. All right, I, the card is in. Wow. Yeah. And with the fourteenth pick. The Atlanta Falcons select defensive end from Michigan, Rashawn Gary. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And the Buffalo Bills are, are running, running, because they trade. <laughs> they are running. I think I, I think I know who the Bills are getting. The Bills are running. <laughs> wow. Can you see it? Can you see it? With the 15th pick overall in the 2019 draft, the Buffalo Bills select wide receiver out of Ole Miss, D.K. Metcalf. The The Buffalo Bills get their receiver plus draft capital in the second round. Oh, I love the way this played out, fellas. Well, you know, well, I, I was going to mess with you and take DK Metcalf. I thought you I, were. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it to you, man. I couldn't do it to you. I thought you were. I was already looking for my second pick. I, I, I didn't want to be booed. I didn't want to be booed by the fans taking a, a wide receiver when we didn't need one. <laughs> Actually, I was. if you took him, I was anticipating you taking him. And Sean... When you took Jonah Williams, I was going to take Jawan Taylor tackle from Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's who I was that's, anticipating. That's 
Well, when I said I, I had two names, I had those two names thinking that you were going to pick offensive tackle and I was going to take the other one. So that's why I said that. And then you went with Noah Fant, uh, which is a great, you know, he's he's going he's gonna to be like, you know, not off the field, but like a Hernandez, um, uh, be able to just cause so many matchup problems. Uh, both of those Iowa tight ends going to be really good at, at this level. So yeah. so now that begs the question, right? Do, do you see the Patriots making a move? Because they love the tight end spot, right? And and you mentioned Hernandez, right? And they and the way they use Hernandez. Do you do, do you see possibility of the Patriots kind of moving up to try and, and grab one of the tight ends from That's, Iowa? Only reason I oh go ahead. Uh, only reason I don't because you got Irv Smith. Yes. You got a few other. I mean, I think it's like four, maybe four, almost five tight ends that are all like they're not they're not the Gronkowski, but the way. Brady has been able to just make – I mean, we, we talk about square pegs and round holes. He's been doing it for years. He's been he's been taking people playing out of positions. He's been having fullbacks play running back, uh, wide receivers play wide – I mean, uh, running backs play wide receiver, uh, tight ends act like offensive attack. I mean, he's been able to put people in all kind of places. So, uh, I think Herb Smith Jr., another Alabama, you know, uh, Belichick, the Patriots love those Bama guys. Uh, and then if he's not there, there's a there's a little sleeper coming out of a uh, uh, old Miss, another old Miss guy, right? That uh, uh, Dawson Knox. I think I think people have kind of have him as a, uh, a a big wide receiver about to be a tight end type body. Um, so I think with that much uh, room to play with, they just stay where they are and let you know just. Let the talent fall to them. Everybody, whoever the Patriots pick, everybody's gonna look at around and say, "Why did we let him get? Why did they let him get that player? Why? Did, how can the Patriots get such a great player?" Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't, you know, traditionally you really rarely ever see the Patriots move up, right? And I think they do such a good job with their scouting. I don't see them making a move to go up for the Iowa guys. And you're right, if they're going to get a Gronkowski replacement. Irv Smith, he he's a flat out stud. Uh, you also had that kid, Kylie, uh, was a Warring out of San Diego State. Another big body. I mean, almost Gronkowski ish, uh, playing tight end. And then Dawson Knox. You're right. I, I think they're gonna find somebody. Uh, if it's not that last pick in the first round, they'll find somebody in the second round uh, who will be value for them. So that, that, that was the most fun I've had all day. <laughs> Well, guys, I, I got to tell you, this was great. I, I just love the draft. And, you know, maybe it would be kind of hard. I would love to do all 32 teams, but it would be kind of hard. But uh, maybe next time we, we kind of expand it a little bit, uh, maybe do a two-part show uh, to try to get into all 32 with some trades, just like we had a trade today. I'm so proud of my Bills for actually making the right move and trading back. You know, only I can well, we, envision something like that. Too, it's too bad AJ Brown's gonna be better than DK. Whoa! Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say that because I'm in the AFC East, so I, I, I could say that and and hope it, wish it to be true. Well, with that, with that pick that we picked up from the Redskins, we'll take him too. <laughs> it was, it was good to see 15. Uh, unfortunately, you know, because of last season being so. Not not the greatest for the Bills or for the Jets. You all got to pick and be active with your teams. My Kansas City Chiefs are sitting back at 29. So, but don't forget, we have one of the most active and aggressive GMs 
Brett Veach has been known to make trades to get up there. So don't be surprised if if hey, the draft goes like we did. Hey, hey Sean, I, I will never forget the fact that they traded from 27 <laughs> to 10. Because you're Buffalo Bill. Let's go, MVP quarterback. Yeah, I, I will never I forget how them. aggressive. So I can see Veach trading from 29 up to – we're already at 15. I think right now it's still three cornerbacks, the top three cornerbacks, Greedy Williams, uh, Baker, and Murphy still on the board. If it goes 15 picks and no cornerback comes off, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kansas City Chiefs move up to uh, 17, uh, 18, in order to make sure they get one of those three guys because they know corners are need. And if no corner is gone now, it's definitely about to be a run on cornerbacks um, uh, after the 15th pick if none has gone at, at that point. Agree. Agree. That's a great, that's a great point, Sean. So, so we know they got need at corner. And with the, the kind of – they overhauled uh, some pretty big names on that defense, right? D4 gets traded. They cut Houston. They cut Barry. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's a lot of talent. I know Barry's been hurt. Justin Houston's getting older, but was still very productive. Nine and a half sacks in 12 games when healthy. Obviously, we know what D4 did last year and what he did the year before. Um, so what, what do you think in, in your view? What, what's the, the philosophy going to be in Kansas City there to address the lack now of pass rush? Um, um, I, I mean, I think that every team looks at two different things when they talk about their defense. It's either going to be the scheme or the skill. So either the scheme creates pressure and it doesn't matter what kind of defensive backs you got because the other team's quarterback is going to be on his back all the time, or it's the skill, which you you load up with a lot of ball hawks, a lot of guys on the back end that can make plays on the ball, uh, stay close to receivers. And then you just, you know, you you, you manufacture uh, overload blitz or center blitzes up the middle. You, 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 You do little stunts and things to create pressure that way because you really don't have uh, that immediate uh, uh, edge rusher who's going to get that, that, that immediate pressure off of the edge. And so it looks like the Chiefs are uh, kind of reinvesting the money on the back end, uh, bringing the hunting badger in, um, and then going after some, uh, maybe some, the cornerback position where they can hope to be in coverage closer to the uh, wide receivers because they always know with Pat Mahomes, they – they're going to be playing from in front. The other team's going to need to throw the ball to get back in the game, and they're going to need some playmakers on that back end uh, to be either break the ball up or to make plays on the ball because obviously from a year ago they realized being number one in sacks and being number three in turnovers uh, still lose the AFC championship game. So that's not good enough. So with that need at corner, do you can you see – although I don't think it necessarily lines up with Andy Reid personality-wise. Um, but could you see the Chiefs making a draft trade, trading 29 and maybe something else, to maybe the, the Jaguars for uh, uh, Ramsey? Oh, I, would I, would, I, would, I would love it. I would love it. I would if, if, the, if the Jacksonville Jaguars feels like Ramsey is not uh, part of their future, I definitely think that phone call gets made. It's just um, – I mean, I think the Jag, the Jacksonville Jaguars understand how good Ramsey – I think the league understands how good Ramsey is. 
And it's just a, mil- a matter of are you willing to pay the price uh, of draft capital in order to acquire uh, that position? And I, only one person knows that answer, or maybe two people. That's Andy Reid and Brett Beach. The reason why I asked this question is that um, one of our listeners, we, we actually have a bet, um, is that um, uh, it, granted it was a, a bet while we were intoxicated, uh, but it was a bet nonetheless that um, – the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl. That was prediction won by a fan, and the fan is we just we call him JB, um, and he he said, "I bet you twenty bucks the Chiefs win the Super Bowl." I'll take that bet all day long. Twenty bucks, I'll take it. So then he says, "Double or nothing." I said, "All right, I'm ready winning this bet. Let's go double or nothing." And so he says, "The Chiefs are going to trade for Jalen Ramsey, and it was going to be a first and a third round pick." For Jalen Ramsey, I says you're on. So double or nothing. So I was curious if you really think that was something that could happen because I wanted to know if I was going to lose part of the bet. Stevie D, I, I, I would. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say, Sean, if, if Khalil Mack went for two firsts, a first and a third is not going to cut it for Jalen Ramsey. Not at all. So and well, see that, but he he took that away from the bet. He just said now the trade because I when I tried to hold him accountable for the first and third, he says no 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 just they're just going to make the trade. So it's literally it doesn't matter what the trade is as long as he gets traded. I just, so, I just think it's too much respect for Jalen Ramsey around the league for him to go at that low of a price. I think if you look at what you know um, Odell Beckham, uh, we talk about what Mac went for. Um, I mean. Jalen Ramsey might, I mean, it's, I say might be, I mean, he's, he's one of the top three corners in the league. He has the ability to shut down any, like when he gets his mind put into it, I mean, it's, it's, he cuts your water off. He, 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 he makes receivers really thirsty. Um, not many looks come to your side when he's guarding. Uh, and just the defense as a whole struggled, um, but not, not because of him. Uh, he played, he still played at a high level. And you have the opportunity to have a guy who has the hands, the quickness, the playmaking ability, the instincts. I mean, he has it all. He has the size. He's long. You know that Andy Reid and those guys, uh, Spag, Coach Spagnuolo loves the taller, longer DBs and stuff. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that trade go go through. It's just going to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, up, up until that 29th pick, it might be some some calls made back and forth, some some you know, uh, kind of a standoff. A little game of chicken might be being played between the two teams. Because uh, I guess if you're Jacksonville, you're you're not going to really pay him the max deal he deserves uh, because you have so many other positions that need to be paid um, in, the, in that organization. They ha- they have to still find a quarterback. Unless you, you don't know, believe Foles is Yeah, Yeah, I don't think Nick Foles is the answer. I, I think he was, he was good for Peterson's scheme. I know you mentioned the scheme earlier, and uh, I think Nick Foles fit uh, fit in nicely with the Eagles scheme. I just don't see it in Jacksonville for him. So, Sean, Sean, I have a question for you. Back to the Chiefs, though. Um, They have two second-round picks. They lost or they traded. uh, They they got rid of, we'll say. They, They jettisoned Kareem Hunt. Do you see them going after a player like Damian Harris in the second round? Damian, uh, I mean, I, I just, 
when I think about the needs of the Chiefs, I see cornerback, then I go edge rusher, D line, and then I would I would actually start thinking about getting some reinforcements on the offensive line. Um, you still need a second tight end because they lost um, Demetri Harris. Uh, there's just so many positions they need more than a running back. Uh, I think they addressed running back when they went and made the deal uh, with the Browns uh, uh, to bring in the running back that Cleveland used to have. Um, they have uh, the Williams, right, Damian and uh, the other – the other Williams, number 31, uh, and now they got, you know, they're, they're running back from the Browns. So they got three quality backs. I don't I don't know if I would – I mean, personally, I don't know if I would spend a, an, uh, some draft capital right now on a, a running back who might not touch the field uh, when I could use that draft capital to put into a package to maybe bring the number one corner in the league to our organization. Uh, I would rather see that those second, both second rounds and first go uh, for Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Well, all right, guys. I think we have mashed it up a little bit here uh, with the draft. Uh, I can't wait, though. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> you know, it, stuff, I, I hate that they have it spread out. You yeah, know, I'm not a fan. Give me those two days. Give me that Saturday where I get the first through the third, and give me give me uh, Sunday where we do four through seven. I couldn't agree more. I, I I don't like it split this way. I tried to give it a fair chance. It, it's just I just don't like Thursday night draft. I just don't I don't like it. Just like I don't like Thursday night football. I agree. Um, Agreed. Um, but we're we're ten we're ten days away. Oh. Can't wait. It's coming up. So, well, Sean, again, thank you very much for coming on and spending some time and talking draft, talking players, talking football, all that good stuff. Young, really, young Stevie. It. I I, yeah. I gotta say that uh, my man, he he put the ball on the tee for you to knock it out the park, and you came with a I can't wait. Is that a guy from the Jets? Is that the way you say I can't wait? Yeah, you know why? Because it's the draft. You know how many times we screwed that up? Yeah. Bart Scott. Where's the Bart Scott in you? Ah, yeah. <laughs> Where is no, the Bart great. Scott? Yeah. No. No, I, <laughs> fair point. I, I'll give it to you. I, I was a little, probably a little distracted there. But, uh, no, I am looking forward to the draft because the Jets are going to grab Josh Allen. And we finally got the edge rusher that we need, finally. And I think Josh Allen is going to be ever so thankful the Jets took him because he's paired with Greg Williams. And I think Greg Williams is, is going to unleash the beast um, in Josh Allen. And that's what I'm really excited about. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets. That's what I'm talking about. Where's my chant, Vince? Where is it? <laughs> well, I didn't expect that coming from Sean. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this one up again. Another great show. Uh, and just anytime we can talk football, it's always a great show. Uh, I can't wait for the draft. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Uh, but to everybody out there, you can always check us out at officialwordsports.com. We're going to have our mock draft 1.0 and 2.0, which includes the trades in the, in the 2.0 mock draft. And then we'll see how we did 
you know, after the draft, see what, see what the final recap turns out to be. I'm hoping that my bills have a very successful draft. Stevie D I know you're hoping that your jets have a successful draft and Sean, I know you're hoping that the chiefs have a successful draft. So uh, we will all be watching uh, in anticipation to see what these GMs do. Sean, I kind of like what you said. I think we need to move into a GM role. Uh, that would be that would be awesome to be able to make those picks. But uh, again, check us out at the website, officialwordsports.com. Check us out at Twitter at Real OW Sports. And you can check us out on Instagram. And of course, you can always go to wannafollow.com, load our profile, and you can get all of our social media updates. So I'm Vince. I'm Steve. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,